This week on TSR, Captain Marvel made a ton of money. We're preparing for the endgame. Which Harry Potter characters are we? And we look ahead to celebration. All that and more on this episode of TSR. Listeners, welcome to TSR episode 204. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Brian. Uh, how, how, how's it going? It's it's going. Is it going? We're it's we're four days away from celebration. Uh, my brain is so not ready yet. <laughs> it has come on very fast. It really has. Uh, I yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. so prepared, as you can tell. I, we still have to pack and everything. I and mean, I'm sure most people have to pack still. We don't have any costumes, so it's fine. It's fine. We'll be fine. So what have you been up to, Nancy? Um, I went up to Jacksonville with some friends uh, about a month or so ago, and we went to this used bookstore called Chamberlain Bookmine. And my friends had gone there before and had always talked it up and i thought oh well it's a used bookstore what can be so special about that and then i walked in there and it was literally like a maze of books and it was amazing and i could probably have spent all day there and we were up in jacksonville uh and we went to a another uh chamberlain it wasn't the same one it was a different location uh, which you also enjoyed, but the original is better, and so I have to take you there. <laughs> uh, yeah, that Chamberlain's that uh, you took me to uh, wasn't even the big one, and it was amazing. Yep, just rows and rows and rows of used books. Amazing. What is not to love about that? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> uh, related to books, it's... April, which means it's Camp NaNoWriMo, which is similar to National Novel Writing Month, in which you set a goal for yourself and try to reach it over the 30 days of the month. But unlike NaNoWriMo, where the one goal is to reach 50,000 words, you can set whatever goal you want during camp. So my goal is 30,000 words, which I thought was more achievable, considering we'll be gone for like six of those days, so... That's my goal. Yeah, 30,000 is a nice. It's a thousand words a day, you know, totally doable. I'm going to try to write while I'm at Celebration since, you know, we'll have time to wait in line and things in between panels. So that's what I've been up to. What about you? I don't even know what I've been up to. <laughs> you what been, have I been up to? I don't know. Video games? I've been playing some Titanfall 2. Okay. That's about it. That's a thing. Sports season's back in swing. That's I a thing. Got the uh, talk about sports. I mean, the Mariners are playing. They're currently eight and two for some weird reason. Wow, not sustainable. How do you know this? Because it's not a very good roster. You have no hope. Sounders are 
five oh and one. That's more sustainable. Oh, okay, that's good. They're actually doing well at the beginning of the, the season. It's funny what happens when the roster isn't just entirely obliterated but, by injuries. But does that mean they're going to do bad at the end of the season? God, I hope not. <laughs> so you have sports. You're playing video games. That's a thing. That's sure. It's boring, but it's a thing. It's not boring. How is it boring? You've also been watching tabletop. I've been watching some tabletop, yeah. There was PAX. PAX happened. PAX East happened. Watched some Dice Camera Action and uh, Acquisitions Incorporated and enjoyed that. I've mm-hmm. uh, been playing some D&D here and there. Yep. We did other things we'll talk about in the news. Mm-hmm. So, yep, that's it. You want to do a BuzzFeed quiz? Let's do a BuzzFeed quiz. All right. A friend sent this to me. A friend who is not a nerd. Everyone is a combo of two Harry Potter characters. Which one are you? <laughs> oh, dear. What's your hybrid Hogwarts house, Brian? <sighs> Slitherclaw, Huffleclaw, Gryffindor, Gryffindor, Slitherpuff, or Slitherdor? So, I know my primary house is Gryffindor. Yes. What would you say is my secondary? Um, What would you say is your secondary? I honestly don't know. I thought you always said Ravenclaw. Maybe? I think maybe. It's definitely not anything with Slytherin in it, because I'm not that ambitious. No. So, am I Griffin Puff or Griffin Claw? I think you're... Mm, I think you're Griffin... Griffin Claw. Really? Yeah. Okay. What would you say I am? Uh, You're a Griffin Puff. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm a Huffleclaw. You're a Huffleclaw? Yes. Okay, you're a Huffleclaw. There is a nothing about me that is Gryffindor. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> okay, you're, you're, you're a Huffleclaw. Yes. Okay. What would your favorite subject be? Charms, defense against the dark arts, potions, divination, herbology, or transfiguration? Probably potions because it's a lot like brewing. Oh, God. Okay. So I'm going to go with potions. I think I'd go with... Hmm. Probably charms. Because it seems to be the less, like, the less, the least amount of, like, room for er error. Like, it's more, this is how you do the thing. This is how you do the spell. And it works like this. But maybe defense against the dark arts because there's more because there's some history there. I don't know. I don't know. I'll say charms. Okay, charms is a good answer. Okay, who are you in your friend group? <laughs> well, I see mime right away. Uh, the mom, the wise one, the rowdy one, the quiet one, the smart one, or the loyal one. You're the mom friend. I am the mom friend. What am I? Um. The loyal one? Yeah. What's your sign? Water, fire, earth, or air? Probably water for me. What would you say for me? I don't know. Am I air? Am I fire? Am I I'm trying to think of which Captain Planet character you're more like. (laughs) I don't know the answer to this one. I'm definitely, I don't think I'm water because I don't go with the flow. I don't think I'm air because I'm not like flighty enough. Earth, I think, is best fit for you. Yeah, okay. 
Which DADA teacher was the worst? Yeah, I see. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. Snape, uh, Lockhart, Quirrell, Lupin. Who would pick Lupin? He was the best. Moody or Umbridge? Or they all sucked. Lupin didn't suck. That's true. Lupin did not suck. So the answer Lockhart didn't suck. He was just full of himself. So the answer is clearly Umbridge. Umbridge. 100%. Uh, Favorite book. Hmm. Of all of those? Uh, I think it's Order of the Phoenix for me. Really? Yeah. I have a, I have a, um, a not popular opinion. Uh, Deathly Hollows. I mean, de- yeah, that's a good answer. Favorite magical creature, mermaid, goblin, phoenix, festral, uh, hippogriff, or house elf? Phoenix. Really? I think mine is the hippogriff. That's a good choice. Pick a broom to fly on. I can't. I don't know any of the names of these. It's showing us six pictures and just pick one i'm gonna you should pick the sparkly purple i was going to pick the sparkly purple one uh i'm gonna pick the one with the the foot puddles on the bottom <laughs> um pick a spell lumos wingardium leviosa expelliarmus avada cadavra wingardium leviosa yeah that's it that's what i'm gonna pick finally pick your favorite character hermione ron harry Luna, Neville, Ginny, Mrs. Weasley, Bellatrix, or Voldemort? Hermione was always my favorite. I'm going to pick Mrs. Weasley. Okay, I've got my answer. (laughs) What's your answer? I got Hermione and Luna. Oh, okay. Where does it read? Uh, You're incredibly sharp and a bit eccentric. (laughs) You're both logical and imaginative at the same time. The best of both worlds. Oh, okay. I got Hermione and Mrs. Weasley. (laughs) That's a great combination. You're a total badass who's always there to help the ones you love. Everyone wants you as their friend, and I don't blame them. That's not true. Oh, everyone wants you as a friend. No. You're you're great. I'm definitely not a badass. I think you're a badass. No, I'm really not. I would run away from a fight. You're a badass. No. You're a badass. No. Okay, that was a fun diversion. It was. Okay, moving on to the news. There's not a lot of news because we've been focused so much on Star Wars happening. Mm-hmm. But Captain Marvel came out. And made over a billion dollars. Yeah, what's it at right now? Uh, you I'm know. going to Rotten Tomatoes right now to see. Uh, Captain me... Marvel. Uh, this, this it's uh, $20.8 million. For this weekend? Yeah. Wow, that's not bad. I'm hitting up Box Office Mojo to see the uh, worldwide. So uh, currently it's sitting at 374 million domestic, mm-hmm. 663 million foreign for a worldwide cum of uh, $1 billion, over a nice. billion dollars, $1.37 billion. Nice. Or sorry, $1.037 billion. That's good. It is good. Yeah. Uh, we really liked it. We did. Loved it. You are more of the fan of the comics. So what was your overall thoughts on the, the faithfulness, I guess? So, I mean, it, it, obviously with the comics adaptation, you can't be 
100% faithful to it, but I thought the spirit of Kelly Sue DeConnick's comic run was absolutely there. Um, and I love how they went with the origin story in this, mm-hmm. uh, where she didn't get her powers from, uh, from Marvel. Well, she kind of did. K- kind of. Also, that Marvel was a woman. Yes. And that all of the important figures in Carol's life uh-huh. are women. Yeah. And that the true villain along the way was gaslighting. Oh, God. Yes, it was. No, I I really, really loved the movie. Uh, I thought it was a great adaptation. Uh, and I think it was written in a way that a lot of white male critics and viewers uh, missed up, missed a lot of important nuance. Yeah, I can't I can't get over how many like criticisms I saw of this movie that Carol had no arc, that the climax was anticlimactic because she was suddenly super overpowered and, you know, beat the bad guys without even trying and, you know, then she didn't really fight uh Jude Law, you know, she just photon blasted him and then shoved him back in the ship and i'm like well the climax of the movie is not her fighting everyone and escaping the ship the climax of the movie is her realizing that the kree have been holding her back and they didn't give her her powers she gave her her powers and she you know can basically be whoever she wants to be if she's not tied down by them that is the climax of the movie not her fighting everybody (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's the part of the denouement of her coming into her powers and i think people aren't used to that in a superhero movie you know they're They're also not used to that climactic fight they're also not used to that arc in a character right well and it's so dumb because like black panther had a very similar arc as far as it was internal like he 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 already had his powers, so it wasn't like, you know, regular person gets superpowers and learns to use them and becomes the hero. Like, Black Panther was already a superhero when the movie started, and the whole, his arc of that movie was, you know, learning about the sins of his father and trying to be a better king. It was very internal, and this was a very similar internal arc, and I think, you know, Marvel does well with that like a lot of the characters we've followed for so long have that sort of internal arc like you know we followed thor for how long trying to be the king that his father wanted him to be and now he's you know lost his whole kingdom (laughs) so it was just like that was just dumb. Like, what movie did you people watch? Obviously, that this was her arc. This is why it's important to get a more diverse critics. <gasps> but that's racist, Brian. It's racist. You can't say that. You can't say that all the critics are white and you should have non-white critics. Not only that. <laughs> more than just men. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like... I didn't want to hear anyone's opinion about Captain Marvel, who was male, a cis male. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, same with Queen Shadow, by the way, which I haven't read yet. But I was when that came out, I was like, "Oh yay! I'm so excited to read all the cis guys' reviews of this mo- of this book." Not. 
Sorry, not sorry. Not sorry at all. Um, but yeah, and you know, it was just very different as far as you know that the the villain wasn't some looming force out there. It was the people holding her back, and also she was a villain. She was part of the bad guys and realizing what what she had been doing for them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's important. It was also fascinating that um, this movie featured a character that realized they were in the wrong mm-hmm. and it refused to center it back on herself, just immediately was like, okay, how can I, how can I make things right? Right. And she didn't try to defend herself. Like, she didn't say, oh, well, I didn't know what I was doing, you know. And obviously, like, she would be you know she would have every right to defend herself because she didn't know what she was doing she was brainwashed she was uh you know had her memory erased but you know it's very similar to like when someone tells you that you've said something wrong or you've done something wrong and your first instinct is to defend yourself it was nice to see a character come to terms with the things that they'd been doing and you know when you know, there's a lot of discussion in Star Wars fandom about whether or not certain characters can or should be redeemed. And it was nice to see a basically redemption arc for Carol Danvers that where she never really made excuses for what she did. Mm-hmm. She just said, yep, I've been on the wrong side and now I have to fix it. Most importantly, though, no matter what happens with Star Wars, we will always have Carol Photon blasting Yon Rog's gaslighting face. That's what I said, Brian. I'm so happy about that. <laughs> it's going to sustain me when I'm upset. <laughs> I'm just going to watch that over and over. I can't over wait for a high quality over. gif of that. I'm just going to watch it over and over and over. Like, anytime someone tries to get me down, I'm just going to turn that scene on of him going, fight me, one-on-one, prove you're better than me, and her going, I have nothing to prove to you. That's that's going to be the perfect reaction gif I for have all nothing, sorts of Twitter disputes. I have nothing to prove to you. <sighs> so good. No. It's so good. So, in Captain Marvel, we got uh, two stingers. The second one being a very humorous scene about with Goose barfing up the Tesseract. And also, uh, you were very excited that Goose keeping in with the comics was, in fact, a flurkin. Goose is a flurkin. <laughs> I wonder if we will Definitely. see the flurkin again. A Goose Funko here. You do have a Goose Funko. I want to get the Goose Funko with the tentacles coming out of his <laughs> mouth. Her mouth. I'm sorry. Goose is a girl. Keep, you know... When you write about Captain Marvel, remember, Goose is a girl. Goose is a girl. Um, so, yes. Um, the first singer, though, uh, I was very looking forward to because I figured it would tie into Endgame somehow, considering Fury's page to her. And then, you know, she gives Fury the beeper uh, during the movie, which I knew she would, but I was, you know, glad to see it. And then... Uh, the first teaser comes, or the first, it's our pool filter. <laughs> Sorry, friends. Um, uh, the first uh, stinger comes on, 
and it's Steve. And I'm like, whoa, they're going here. I didn't think that they were going to be like that explicit with the tie-in to Endgame. But it's like them looking at the beeper that Fury had dropped and then thinking like, oh, you know, what? You know, who is it? I want to know who he who he called. You know, why did it stop broadcasting? And then they turn around and there's Carol. And the first thing she says is, where's Fury? And it made me really happy and really, really excited, excited for Endgame. <laughs> and then we got an Endgame trailer a week after that. Um, and it was very cool. A lot of scenes we had seen before, but some new ones. And the very last part was Thor calling his hammer in an attempt to intimidate Carol. And Carol doesn't even move. And then she just smiles at him and he goes, I like this one. <laughs> I like this one. So good. I want them to be bros. <laughs> They're going to kick so much ass together. And they it's going to be great. And then there was another uh, like first look um, that came out after... Uh, to announce that tickets had gone on sale and there was a shot of them in a spaceship and Carol was flying and it was great. And I'm super excited for all of that to happen. Is it time for Endgame yet? No, it's not. Oh, I just, like, I don't even know what to expect from this movie, <laughs> plot-wise. Um, we did see that Steve and Tony are together again, which is nice. And I they're probably going to die together. End of the line, Buck. Oh, no. Why? I know. I hate it. <laughs> um, I really hope that Lewis didn't get snapped. <laughs> and that... Uh, uh, Scott comes out of the quantum realm and is like, "What the f happened?" And we get a <laughs> story. With, we get story time with Louise to explain. He's Louis not in any of the posters, everything. though. I know they came out with a bunch of character posters, and they have all the dead characters in black and white, and all the living characters in color, which was very helpful because it. Uh, we got one of Valkyrie in color, so Valkyrie is alive. Shuri, however, isn't, and I'm upset. I am very upset about that. I wanted to see Shuri as Black Panther. I know. I think that's why they, they had Herpy snapped, though, because I think they don't want any Black Panther. I think they want... They. I think I think it's because the, the direness of the situation, you know, that maybe Okoe will become Black Panther. Oh, that She's would be alive. neat. I know, right? That would be cool. So uh, apparently, we're telling time through the passage or the passage of time via Black Widow's hair. Apparently, but I'm very confused because there's that one shot of them flying on the spaceship, and I think Nebula was in that shot, but Black Widow's hair is blonde. No, she wasn't. In oh, that she shot. wasn't. Okay, so maybe that's in the beginning. They must be going to get Tony. Maybe I don't know. I don't like. I honestly have no idea how the plot of this movie is gonna. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited though. I can't wait. Yeah, glad too. I got our tickets. Me too. Because it was apparently a giant cluster for people trying to buy tickets. I am scared of episode nine tickets going on sale. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Dragon Prince Season 3 announced. Dragon Prince, by the way, is uh, one of our new favorite shows. Yeah, so I watched Season 1 while I was on the treadmill, and then Season 2 came out, and I um, asked if you wanted to watch it. So we watched Season 1 again so you could watch it, and then you really enjoyed it, so we watched Season 2 together. And what did you think about the Dragon Prince? Oh my god, I really love this show. And I love how beautifully diverse it is there are so many different uh there's so many different kinds of people just Mm -hmm. in the show yeah i liked that they had the flashback in season two showing um um their uh, mother um and how she died and it was you know the king and yeah it was it makes me sad that show, but I'm very I'm very uh curious to see how season 3 turns out because it looks like Ezrin is going to go back to the kingdom because he knows he's the king now and he's going to try to I guess keep Varen from being an asshole. But mm-hmm. good luck with that. <laughs> oh, you know, speaking of uh shows we're excited about, Shira comes back this month. Yes, it does. Same weekend as Endgame. That's a thing. Mm. That's going to be a good weekend. <laughs> it's either going to be a good weekend or a very painful weekend. Why not both? Yes. Yes, why not both? <laughs> Shall we move on and talk a little bit of Star Wars? We are going to talk a lot about Star Wars, actually. Well, as far as books go. Yes. Uh, Dooku, The Last Jedi is an audiobook original. Not coming- The Last Jedi, Brian. The- oh, man. <laughs> Wow. Dooku is not the last Jedi. That would be very bad. That is that would be bad. Dooku Jedi Lost. Yes, there we go. An audiobook original coming from our friends at Del Rey. Yeah. So this is kind of neat that they're doing something new. It's um just an audiobook. It's more like an audio play than an audiobook. Yeah, an audio drama. Yeah, and it's um in the, t- uh, the description of it says, In a tale set during her days as a Sith apprentice, Asajj Ventress has a new mission. Uncover the secrets of her master, Count Dooku. Um, and it's uh, written by Kevin Scott. Uh, it follows Dooku's, as- Dooku's assassin Ventress as she uncovers why Dooku left the Order. And it fe- is narrated by a full cast um, so it definitely is going to be more like a, like a play than just an audio, one of the Star Wars audiobooks. So I'm excited for this. Uh, the era is not my favorite, but I, and I, I don't really care for audiobooks, but I like audio dramas. So I'm really interested to see how this does and if they do other audio originals in the future inferno squad Mm -hmm. i can see i would love a lot of different audio dramas oh yeah i'm hoping it does well and uh in some synergistic uh news uh master and apprentice comes out uh soon uh i believe it's the week after celebration and uh there are some flashbacks in that to uh Jedi Master Dooku and his Padawan Qui-Gon Jinn. Ooh. So, some synergy there <laughs> with it coming out. And speaking of synergy. <laughs> the biggest synergy. The most synergy. 
Uh, Black Spire, the upcoming novel by Delilah S. Dawson, gets a cover and a blurb, and the cover, holy cow, is incredible. Yes. Uh, so, uh, I think in the the original blurb, there was a reference to like Leia's top spy, and a lot of people were suspecting it was Vi from Phasma because Dalai Dawson is writing this book, and it was confirmed it is Vi Marathi. Um, she's landed on Black Spire and is trying to find out uh, to find allies for their resistance, but of course the First Order is there. Um, and um, it says, with the help of a traitorous trooper and her acerbic droid, she begins to gather a colorful band of outcasts and misfit- misfits and embarks on a mission to spark the fire of resistance on Batu before the First Order snuffs it out entirely. So, uh, traitorous trooper, who could that be, Brian? Cardinal, Cardinal, good soft boy, Cardinal. Yay, Cardinal's back. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Uh, I'm interest. I'm excited about a novel set on Black Spire because, you know, Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited about returning characters. Uh, that's one of the things that I've been missing since the reboot. Um, that there's not a lot of repeat book characters mm-hmm. um, across different novels um obviously the aftermath characters had three books um the uh and then condor showed up in last shot for just a little cameo which i was really pleased to see uh ray sloan was really the first one to appear in more than one book she was debuted in a new dawn and then showed up in aftermath uh but other than that there's not a lot of characters we see like going back and forth it's it's seeming it seems like it's happening more now um and i'm really glad because you know that was one of my favorite things about legends um and yeah it got a little too convoluted but you know i it's nice to see where characters end up you know and what what they end up doing and i want to know what ray sloan has been doing all these years, Brian. Right, me too. And I want to know if Sinjir ended up helping the Resistance or not. Please don't have been on Hosnian Prime when it went boom. Oh, that would make me very upset. It would make me very upset. No, I do not like this. No. But yes, I'm excited for this book. It comes out in August. So, yay. Hooray. We can read it at Galaxy's Edge. Boy, we can. (laughs) We're uh, so close to that. We are. Uh, speaking of Galaxy's Edge, um, if you didn't listen to it, uh, last week we recorded a new mouse droid in which we talked about and broke down all of the big news yes. about Galaxy's Edge that's come out over the last month. Go listen to that. It was a, it was a really in-depth discussion. Uh, TL, DN, DNL, <laughs> did not listen. Uh, they're, they are opening Galaxy's Edge up earlier than expected. Significantly May 31st. Earlier. In Disneyland and August 29th in Walt Disney World. Uh, Only one of the rides will be open, though Smuggler's Run and Rise of the Resistance will be opening up later. TBD. So we'll be able to walk around Batu soon, Brian. And have drinks at a cantina. I'm excited. Right. Uh, Okay. It's time to talk about celebration. Speaking of things we're not ready for. God, right. (laughs) 
Celebration. Celebration. We are getting on a plane in four days. Oh, God. We are. We are. <laughs> so, Celebration. Um, it's in Chicago this year at McCormick Place uh, in the West Building. Uh, like Anaheim, we there is the Celebration stage is in an arena, which is very nice. Um, it's in a separate building, though. And you'll have to go through a different security screen to get there, which I'm not that happy about. I'm also not that happy that they're not going to clear out the room between panels. So basically, you can only get in for a panel if there's room inside the arena. And we haven't been told how we're going to find out there's room inside the arena. (laughs) So that'll be fun. Uh, Shall we talk about all of the... uh, bad logistics that have been going on leading up to celebration yeah so um we were not shy or quiet about um our disappointment with the last celebration and some of the way it was run mainly the way the overnight lines were run because people waited in line overnight and still did not get into panels after they were told that they were going to Raising hand, that was us. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they let people in at 6 o'clock in the morning and they just, you know, cut in front and got wristbands. Uh, because they decided they weren't going to give out wristbands when the doors were locked and they stopped letting people in. Who knew? Um, so they decided that they were going to do something to prevent over- waiting overnight in line. And uh, to make it so that more fans got a chance to see the big marquee panels, which in theory, great idea. However, they announced that there was going to be a lottery. Like it was it wasn't even a month ago, right? When they announced this. Yeah, less than a month ago. Um, that there was going to be a lottery for the main panels. Initially, you were only going to be to enter the lottery with people that you bought tickets with. So if you and friends had planned to go to celebration together, but you all bought your tickets separately, you wouldn't be able to enter the lottery with them and go to those panels together, which people were very disappointed about because that's the fun of celebration is going to panels together. Um, they have, they, cha- they did change that so that you could group with other people up to six people. Um, but you still had to enter the lottery with the people you bought tickets with. So if you bought six tickets, then you have your group there anyway, and you can't add anyone else. But, uh, you know, we entered the lottery and ended up working pretty well. Um, but it's just the dissemination of information has not seemed great this year. Uh, there's a lot of conflicting information, a lot of information given out very late and last minute. And I don't have a problem with the lottery. I'm very glad that I don't have to wait overnight for a chance to see these panels. But there are a lot of people who plan to do that. Like, they're, they like doing that. They, that's one of the things that they plan on doing for Celebration. They want to go see these big panels. And so they plan, they were, they were ready to go wait overnight in line. And less than a month around a month before the con they find out that that's not the procedure and they might not be able to go see these panels that they planned on because it's basically luck of the draw now uh and people were annoyed about it 
And yeah, I know it's easy to say, why would anyone be annoyed about not having to wait overnight? You know, it's that's stupid, but it's not. It's the principle of it that it. Sh- I feel like the lottery is something that should have been announced when you bought tickets. Well, yeah, and that's kind of the. There's a couple problems that have arisen from all of this being announced so late and so close to the convention. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of ties together. I mean, the lottery is the lottery as a concept is fine. Yes, I I like it. I do. I too. like it a lot. I'm I'm glad I don't have to get up super early. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I'd, I'd rather know well in advance whether or not I'm getting in to that stage. Well, and that's the thing we don't know because the lottery is still happening and it's going to close tomorrow, and we're going to find out Tuesday. Yeah. So. <laughs> We're still getting information late, but another big problem that was caused by this was um, people who wound up selling their badges. Yes. So someone gets approved for media and they no longer need this adult five-day badge. They decide to sell it to a friend who got shut out. Mm -hmm. Good thing in principle. Right. Um, And they did that months ago. Yeah. Problem is uh, that badge is tied to the person who originally bought it, and they didn't announce their official reseller portal mm-hmm. that would have dealt with the problem of who the badge is tied to right until two months ago yeah which is not good um you know it and also that one of the problems was people who were doing either the podcast stage or doing uh fan panels were told that they were getting badges so they some of them sold their five-day badges that they had bought to people who needed them because it's sold out. So it's not like they're trying to, like, scalp tickets and make extra money. Like No, everyone I know who has sold a badge sold it at face. Right, and it's like, you know, the tickets are sold out. I have friends who can't get tickets. Here you go. Um, but, you know, they then the lottery is announced and they're told special badges can't enter the lottery. And they were told that they were getting special special badges. And then they're told, oh, no, you're getting regular five-day badges. So, like, it ended up working out for them because they were enter- able to enter the lottery. But that's not what they were told. And it's, it created a lot of anxiety and it's stress. It's one of several cases where people have been told conflicting things. Right. And like, yes, it's everyone's going to have a good time at Celebration. It's going to be fun. Like, in the big scheme of things, this isn't like, you know, it's very much first world problems. But it does create anxiety. And people are spending a lot of money to go to Celebration. So, like, letting them plan things in advance would be nice. You know, I am anxious about not knowing my plans for the first panels of the day because I don't know if I get into, got into the lottery or not. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to find out until hopefully Tuesday. And we're flying on Thursday. So, yeah, it's just there's a lot of still unknowns, you know, still unknown how entering the arena in the morning is actually going to work. How do you know if the panel that you want to see in the middle of the day in the arena, there's actually space for it? Who knows? Uh, it's all up in the air. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, 
basically our <laughs> we our note was celebration is coming. We're not ready. And that is pretty much how we feel about the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I I feel like a lot of really confusion could have been stemmed off. And I, I don't know if this was true or not, but if if the plan was there's going to be a lottery system uh-huh. and there's going to be this official reseller system, that needed to be made clear to people when they bought their badges. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think long term, this is going to be a good thing and a good system. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's rough. Uh, it's rough for folks trying to figure out what they're doing when we're getting all this information so late. And it's really hard on folks who, uh, have disabilities or need, uh, need various accommodations or who are coming from overseas and are a lot of them are, are already in town because it costs a lot of money to fly to America, so they might as well make a longer vacation out of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, so growing pains. Uh-huh. Um, I'm hopeful that uh, I'm hopeful that in the future uh, the communication will come out faster. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough for folks who, for numerous valid reasons, need to think, need to have more lead time yeah. to plan what their day is going to look like. Yes, I agree. Anyway, that's that's enough of the that's enough of the uh, pain points. <laughs> what else are we talking about? Uh we I guess we can just answer our Patreon questions because there's a lot of uh stuff that we can talk about celebration-wise. Yes, our patrons did send us in a bunch of celebration related questions that we'll be answering. Uh, right now. <laughs> yes, right now. Right now. Uh, <laughs> Diana asks, what are your must-see panels? Well, I don't know yet because we don't know what panels are going to be in. Okay, other than the marquee panels, I think mine is probably actually Resistance, um, which is not until Monday, and it's not in the main room, which is kind of annoying, but... Um, I, that's one I will definitely trying to be reserve to reserve in advance. That's another thing. You can reserve spots in advance, which, you know, great idea in theory. Let's see if it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I think that that is one of mine. Um, what about yours? Uh, I mean, obviously the Delray and publishing panels yeah. are always high on my list. Yeah, I think same here. That's... That, that's one of the reasons I keep going to Celebration, honestly, is the publishing panels and the uh, Delray booth. Um, I just enjoy seeing everyone there, and it's a great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diana also asks, do you think we'll get an Episode 9 novel announcement, and who do you think is writing it? When did we... We didn't get... No, San Diego uh, Comic-Con is San what Diego we got Comic-Con for The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. That's what I think we're going to find out. Yeah, and that probably fits in with the publishing windows better because I suspect that they'll want to do delay again, delay again um, yeah. and release it a couple months after the film comes out. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, who do I think is writing it? I have no clue. I I I wouldn't have guessed Jason Fry to write Last Jedi novel, so I I don't even want to guess who would be writing 
the FSO nine level. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I know who I would like to be writing it. Um, I think John Jackson Miller would do a great oh, job with it. John Jackson Miller would write an incredible novelization. Yeah. Um, and I know he's done, I think he's done novelizations before. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure, but either way, I think he would be good. Uh, I mean, I think Claudia Gray would do a good job if she wasn't already, if she hadn't just written a Del Rey novel. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, same with Delilah Dawson. Uh, so I really don't know. I honestly don't know. It It's probably going to be someone that comes out of left field. Yeah, I think uh, so as well. So I, I don't think it's going to be someone from their normal stable of writers. Yeah. Which I'm cool with. I really like, uh, I really have enjoyed uh, seeing writers, uh, other writers get a get a shot with the novelizations. Mm-hmm. Same. Uh, Scott asks, what announcements are you hoping for? What surprise announcements would make you happiest? Um, well, I guess just more book announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we know so much already about the books that are coming out, like, We've got Alphabet Squadron, and we've got Treason, and then we've got Black Spire, and so I don't even know what there is left to announce, and if Tom is listening to this right now, I'm sure he is cackling to himself, thinking, oh, the things you don't know. <laughs> and yes, exactly, the things I don't know. I don't know them, <laughs> but I would. I hope that there are some additional novels uh being announced whether it's delray or lucasfilm press um i always enjoy that um even if you know even some marvel comics related to areas of my interest would be nice mm-hmm. um i'm i'm really looking forward to the area around the sequel trilogy opening up for novels after episode nine comes out so i don't know if that's things they would be able to announce now but Always, always here for more books. Uh, I'm hoping for more television announcements, and I think that's one we're we're likely mm-hmm. to get. Uh, just because uh, over on the Disney side, during Celebration, they're going to be uh, they've got something going on where they're going to be previewing for Disney uh, Plus. Disney yeah. Plus. The thing is, I don't even know where they would be, where they could announce that because, like, they don't have any sort of panel like upcoming for Luke, like after episode nine, you know, there's the Mandalorian panel and there's the episode nine panel, but there's nothing like future Lucasfilm projects, you know? Um, so that might be something that's not even announced at celebration, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for stuff that's more forward looking, Yeah, but I don't know if we're going to get anything. Yeah. And like, I would love like for uh alan tudyk to you know say he's going to be in the cassian show uh at his panel um that would be a cool announcement um the you know the thing i would love and i think the thing that a lot of star wars fans would love (laughs) is for a surprise ewan mcgregor appearance at the phantom menace panel in which they announced something obi-wan related Mm -hmm. uh or even if he's not there, just anything Obi-Wan related. It seems like it's something fans really want, and it's something that Ewan McGregor wants to do, 
And while he is still able to and willing and fits the part at that age, it seems like a no-brainer. Agreed. And, yeah, like, they can, there is very easy, they, I mean, they can come up with a story. <laughs> it, it's, it's, yeah. it's there. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I don't either. <laughs> I would love it. But I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Diana asks, for Brian, what expectations do you have for uh, Jedi Fallen Order? Um, and I'm going to be honest here. Nothing. nothing. <laughs> um, the Dark Time period, uh, closer towards uh, Revenge of the Sith, just really isn't my jam. Yeah. So the game really hasn't even been on my radar. Yeah. I, what it, what if it was um what if it was announced it was a more of like a single player RPG type game? That would get more of my attention. <laughs> yeah. Have they announced what type of game it's going I to think be it's even? An a- I think it's more of an action ah. game than it is a role playing game. Boo. Um so it's not a it's not a game that's uh, on my radar. Yeah. Uh, John asks, if Dennis Lawson appears as Wedge in episode nine, would you want to find out in the teaser trailer or in the movie itself? Oh, this is a hard question. That's a hard question. I would freak out if I saw a teaser trailer with him in it. I would die if (laughs) the first exposure I had to that was in the movie. Right. I think so. I'm of two minds of it. I remember when they when the first Rogue One teaser trailer dropped and Mon Mothma came on screen mm-hmm. and I was like, holy, it's Mon Mothma. I did not know she was going to be in this movie. I wanted her to be in this movie, but it, you know, we didn't know for sure. Like it was like it made sense, but we didn't know until we saw her in the in the teaser and it was great. And then it made my excitement for that movie go even higher um but then i compare that to when we saw rogue one and the battle of scarif happened and gold leader and red leader came on screen and we flailed so hard we hit each other because holy crap how did they do that Mm -hmm. um so you know we were so I really don't know. Like, I I would like to know going into it because I think it would make my excitement be even more for, like, episode nine. But then I also think of, like, if I had known Yoda was going to be in The Last Jedi, I would have been really pissed off about mm-hmm. that. So I think it's a matter of where... I would like, I think I would like to be surprised. This is a long way for me saying I have no clue. <laughs> I just want him to be in it. I do too. I do too. Yes. Uh, Matt asks, pre-announcement hopes or expectations? Um, let's see if there's anything else we can think of. Um, well, I haven't really been excited for episode nine. Um, I just haven't really thought much about it. I don't really, like... After epi- after The Last Jedi, I have no idea of where the story is going to go from here. Um, and I haven't really thought about it much. So I'm hoping that the panel and the inevitable t- teaser trailer 
uh, gets my excitement up a yeah. little more. I mean, I'm sure it will because I am who I am. But I, knowing more about the movie and what to expect, I think will go a long way to making me super duper excited again. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I am. Okay. Uh, Scott asks, do you think there is any chance of a specific announcement with release years at Celebration for post-2019 movies? All the TV stuff is fine, but movies are the Star Wars content I get most excited about. I honestly don't Uh, think so. I I really don't think they're going to. Because again, like, I know in the past they've done uh, panels, like, where they talked about, uh, like, at... um, In Anaheim, they did a Rogue One panel. Well, the last couple celebrations they've had uh, a panel devoted to upcoming uh, stuff. And they don't have one this year. So I think that would be where they would do that. And I'm I'm kind of bummed about that because, like, you know, it feels like it's in so much limbo. Like, we know there are these movies in production, but we don't know anything about them. And we have no idea what's happening after... 2019 the thing is i think all i think every one of those movies are still very much in the pre-production phase yeah. uh and i really think that we're gonna have a little couple year gap between films after nine which is gonna be weird mm-hmm. after all this glut of star wars maybe all the people who hate star wars now will turn around and be like oh i miss star wars yeah. disney's killing star wars by not putting enough out can't roll my eyes enough. Uh, so yeah, I'd say odds are low. Yeah, I'd we... be happy if they announced something at the closing ceremonies, but not, who knows? I'm not holding my breath. I'm not either. Uh, what are you most excited about for celebration? Um, panel wise, well, probably the resistance panel. Also, the Delray panel, just or the publishing panel. Just seeing all the, you know, people we know online visiting the Delray booth, that's always one of my favorite things to do, walking the exhibit hall. Um, I think really just, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if I have one specific thing this year that I'm super excited for. Yeah, it's weird. Like previous celebrations, there was like one or two things that really... I was really excited for. Yeah. I don't really have that this year. Yeah, I don't either. So I I think resistance more because like the the animation panels in the past have had have always seemed to have like a a reveal or yeah. like something. So like it would be really cool if like they had a character showing up in resistance or, you know, they like talked more about what where season two will take place in the timeline to like get us super hyped up and i think part of my problem is this celebration really feels like one that's much more about looking back yeah looking forward like big clone wars panel big phantom menace panel big rebels panel yeah it's all about retrospective which is fine yeah but it's it's a very retrospective celebration yeah as opposed to the last couple that have been very hey hey get excited here's what's coming it reminds me a lot of like the celebration like four five and six yeah when there were movies coming out yeah it does have a very celebration six feel to it and granted those were some of my favorite celebrations because they were so chill and i mean we do have I mean, we do have the episode nine panel. We mm-hmm. do have the Mandalorian. We have I don't Mandalorian. Know what I mean by we do. 
Thank <laughs> Thanks, you, Siri. Siri. We have the Mandalorian panel. We have the Galaxy's Edge panel. So we do have a lot of things to look forward to. But you know, it's. I, I think I'm. I think I'm most looking forward to getting excited. I'm most excited about getting excited. Yeah, I mean, it's been. <laughs> there's been so little we've been told about any yeah. film screen stuff that's coming. I mean, I know the moment we see an X-Wing in the teaser trailer, and I'm hoping that there is one, both you and I will be like, there we go. We're in. Let's go. Episode nine. Woohoo. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to the jump start. Uh huh. Just cause we haven't really had a lot to sink our teeth yeah. into. I, I, I just from a screen. Yes. Front. Yes. So that's think? what I'm looking forward to. Yes. Me too. Um, did you see that note I left? Yes. Are and that's we? why I nodded at you. Okay. <laughs> uh, so should announce this now. Uh, we're going to be, uh, Saturday, April 13th, or Saturday of celebration. Uh, we're going to be at the Star Wars podcast meetup that, uh, the coffee with Kenobi folks are putting on, uh, mm-hmm. that Saturday at seven 30 at the arc bar at the Hyatt Regency at McCormick place. Mm-hmm. So come uh, that this is a meetup for podcasters and listeners. Uh, come on over, say hi to us. Uh, we'll be there. I think Chris and Kate will be there from the Book Wars Pod. Uh, maybe some other folks from ap- other podcasts on our network. Uh, not sure about Bria or Jay yet, but we might try to drag them along. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, we'll be there for at least a little bit. So come say hi. Yep. We come have say buttons. Hi. We do have buttons. <laughs> and we'll be podcasting more often now. Yes, we will. I think, well, more regularly, less often. I think we decided we're going to do one a month. One well, mouse droid, one TSR. We're, we're still feeling it out. <laughs> Oh, now you want to do more. I know you. I <laughs> Brian loves podcasting. It's a secret. We'll talk about it off air. <laughs> uh, but yes. I uh, love you. We, we do apologize for the gap in episodes. Uh, stuff came up. Uh, stuff's been sorted. And we're back now. Ha <laughs> suckers. Suckers. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think on that note, unless you have anything else you'd like to bring up. No. We're good. We're good. And Excellent. our laundry just finished. Perfect timing. How fortuitous. <laughs> uh, we're going to go ahead and sign off there. So this episode of TSR has been brought to you in part by you, our Patreon subscribers. Uh, that's patreon.com slash Tashi Station. One dollar level gets you into the Patreon exclusive Slack team where you can ask us questions and we'll answer them on the show just like we did today. Yes. Uh, on Twitter, you can find us with the handles Tashi Station. That's the official show account. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I. You can find me with Elaine Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. Uh, you can find our columns and news at Tashi Station. Uh, if you like this show, you can also subscribe to it on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. Spotify. Spotify. Yep. That's a thing we have now. Uh, and you can also subscribe to the Tashi Station mega feed on all of those places where you can get every one of our great shows. Mega uh, feed. Mega feed. <laughs> and uh, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for listening to another episode. We will catch you all at Celebration. Bye. So long.
TSR is brought to you by you, our Patreon subscribers. Visit patreon.com slash Station to help us keep the lights on and to get access to our Patreon-exclusive Slack team. 